what that did was really powerfully give a voice to everybody. And I heard from a lot of team members afterwards that it was a really unique experience and that they felt like they could say things that maybe they wouldn't have said out loud in a group, but it still gave them space to do it. Not only just the introverted ones, though. These are people who are maybe a little bit more outspoken, but they were things that they didn't necessarily want to say in a group setting. Welcome to Want to Work There, a podcast that explores what really makes a company a great place to work. I'm your host, Jill Felska, and together we'll explore not only what goes into building a great company culture, but also exactly how to implement those best practices within your own workplace. If you're here, you believe that a better world of work is possible, and I can't wait to build it together. Let's go. friends. Welcome back. Today, I am going to do a slightly shorter episode. I am in the middle of two trips. My first work trip, my first work travel trip, I should say, since COVID started. Went to DC and got to work with a great nonprofit team there. And then I got back and I've had a few days. And now I am on my way to Minnesota bright and early tomorrow morning to spend time with my family, who I could not be more excited to see. I have obviously seen, well, maybe not obviously, but I have seen some of them since COVID started, but certainly not been able to take as many trips home as I usually would. So super, super excited to be going back. And in all that craziness, I'm realizing that I'm going to be home for 10 days and I'm not going to get a chance to record an episode in my normal schedule like I thought I would. So I did want to make sure that there is something here to share with you guys today. And there is one method that I have been using now for about three or four years. And it's been one of the most kind of incredible tools and one of the best ways that I've found in a remote environment to ensure that all voices in the room are heard. And so I thought that today we talked last time about collecting what employee feedback you already have. So when you're thinking about what you've already collected, what already exists over the last year, we talked about all the different things that you should be thinking about and gathering. But what we didn't touch on was any of the ways that you gather that information. And I know that we'll be talking about a lot of those different ways over the coming months. But I wanted to start with this one particular trick, I guess you could call it, or hack, I don't know. One of the ways that you can easily make sure you're hearing from everybody in a room when you are collecting information qualitatively via a focus group or brainstorm session or any of the ways that you're gathering information from a group of people who aren't physically in the same room together. So I first used this method at Limelight Health after we had collected a lot of quantitative data via one of those best places to work surveys. And I'm going to tangent here really quickly, but I was super nervous to use the best places to work survey, which is something that usually you have to take if you want to be included or considered for any of those like Inc. best places to work lists, any of those. 
we didn't want there to be survey fatigue. And my CEO and I went back and forth at the time because I really didn't want our information that we were collecting to come from one of those surveys because I was afraid that people would feel like they had to answer more positively because they knew it would impact whether or not we received this award. And at the same time, he was really adamant that we applied for the award and we didn't want to give basically a very similar survey twice over right away. So I give this tangent because if you are someone who is using a survey from one of those awards, one of the things that I found really important when we did decide that we were going to do the best places to work survey and use that as actual data to understand how people were feeling about their workplace experience was that I went out of my way probably two or three times to let the entire team know that this survey, while it was going to be assessed and utilized by the company for potential inclusion in a best places to work list, that the more important perspective or use of this data was going to be understanding the employee experience as it existed. And so I stressed multiple times my CEO backed me up in saying to the team, we want you to answer in the most honest way you possibly can. We want to really hear what it is that you're feeling, what it is that you're seeing, what it is that you're experiencing. And we don't want you to put a lens on this of making the answers sound possibly a little bit better because we're worried about getting the award. That's not what this is about. And I will never be in everybody's shoes in in that moment when they were taking the assessment. But I think that people actually did respond pretty honestly. And we got some great data from that survey. And that's really where the story starts in my long roundabout way which is to say that we got this data back and I started to look at areas in which there was room for improvement. So anytime you get back a quantitative survey like that, you look at what are called drivers. And those are the things that are either going really positively or really negatively from a theme perspective. And we decided that there were a couple of drivers that we knew we wanted to understand more about before we took any substantive action. We wanted to really get some more conversational feedback on those areas so that I could figure out what it was we wanted to make sure we were really focused on. So to do this, I knew that I was going to set up focus groups. And for those focus groups, there was going to be a specific set of questions that really got deeper into the areas that were drivers that we saw on the original survey. So We did some planning around that. I thought about how we were going to do the groups, how many groups there was going to be. And I'll do an entire another podcast episode where we go into depth on sort of how you pick those things and what you think about. I think it would even be helpful to have someone who's really a data expert come on and talk about those things. And I'm sure I have a lot to learn in that area. But one of the things that I decided we were at the time, I believe, fully remote because of COVID. But even pre-COVID, we had been an 80% remote team. And so we were very used to having conversations via Zoom and not necessarily being in the same room. That said, I was also super aware that not everyone feels comfortable speaking up in any given instance, and that this can be especially true on Zoom when 
breaking into a conversation without having the bodily cues or being able to jump in in the moment. There's something about physically being in a room that makes it easier to sort of sense when you can speak up and get your voice in. And when there's a delay with Zoom, it can be tricky to sort of navigate when can I jump in or when is that cue? And so for people who are more introverted and it's already hard for them to jump in, it becomes one of those scenarios where you have to lean in even further if you really want your voice to be heard. And oftentimes those people tend to just not. They tend to sort of opt out, sort of sit back, sort of listen, and potentially not have their voices heard. And so I knew that I wanted to create a structure in which all the voices would be heard regardless, but that we were also creating a container and a space for the employees to really reflect on these questions and not be distracted by other outside things, as well as having the opportunity to sort of reflect and have some of that banter that comes along with being able to talk about something in a group setting. And so I decided that we were going to create an actual physical survey. So all of the questions were going to exist in a survey format, and then we were going to come back and have a group discussion around that. Being a great manager is hard, like really hard. I used to preach that it was every company's duty to provide management training for their entire team. But then I became a director of people and culture for a SaaS startup and realized just what kind of barriers were in the way. Design the training in-house? I could never find the time. Hire a third party to come and teach it? Sure, but then I'd need to re-engage them every time a new manager joined, and I just didn't have the budget for that kind of long-term engagement. In my head, I envisioned the startup version of management training, a self-led, reusable program that consisted of audio lessons, thoughtful exercises, helpful templates, and an internal facilitation plan for cohort-style learning. So I built it. And it quickly became apparent that I wasn't the only person looking for a more cost-effective, scalable solution. If you also fall into that camp and want to learn more, you can visit wanttoworkthere.com backslash management training. That's wanttoworkthere.com backslash management training. All right, let's get back to the show. So I decided to do things a little differently than I'd always done them before. Usually if I was going to do a focus group, everybody would come into the room, physical or otherwise, and they would have the same chance to sort of speak up and reflect on questions that you put out to the group. Instead of doing that this way, what we decided was that everybody who was in the group was going to come in and get the same survey. We were going to walk through sort of the rules for the session And then we were going to give everybody a certain amount of time to, in silence, in their own space, answer the survey questions on the form. Everybody got to the room. We went through sort of an opener. And then everybody was heads down filling out these questions. And then at the specified time, everybody would come together. And those who wanted to share in the room in that moment did. And we had some great conversations, some great dialogue that maybe wouldn't have been captured otherwise if they were just reflecting solo But at the end of the session, I also had basically documented thoughts from each person that allowed them to get to share whether or not they verbally shared in the room in that moment. So what that did was really 
powerfully give a voice to everybody. And I heard from a lot of team members afterwards that it was a really unique experience and that they felt like they could say things that maybe they wouldn't have said out loud in a group, but it still gave them space to do it. Not only just the introverted ones, though. These are people who are maybe a little bit more outspoken, but they were things that they didn't necessarily want to say in a group setting. And this ability to document via a Google form and send that in at the end really gave them the chance to have that space. And so that was really the start of this practice for me. And it's something that I still use to this day with clients in a lot of different settings. And it has had remarkable results in being able to just make things feel inclusive. On the other hand, it also is really helpful from a data perspective because anybody who has tried to facilitate a conversation and take notes at the same time, you know how hard that is. It's really, really hard to be present and facilitate and also be in a listening and capturing mode. This gave me, every time we left a conversation, I had a written documentation of all of the thoughts that people had had on the questions presented that I could then go back and reread, codify, and really get a great sense of what was being represented, but still being able to be more present in the room in the time that the focus group was happening. So there was really a lot of positives all around in this practice. And I'm sharing it because I think that in this new world of remote, hybrid, in-person, we're all still looking for ways to make gatherings more effective, more meaningful, And this is one easy practice that is accessible. You know, it's a free Google form or whatever survey capture form you use. It's easy to set up. Participants seem to respond well to the format. And really, at the end of the day, it gives you a great data source. So the two follow-up questions that I always get when I explain this method to people is, one, why not just send the Google form to people? And the response to that is, if your teams are anything like the teams I've worked with, and I'm going to guess they are, everybody has super busy, packed schedules. And so it's one thing to send a form out. It's another thing to have blocked their calendar and have them arrive in a room and then have that space where this is the task that they were assigned to and that they can focus on. It really does make a difference, not only in getting responses, period, but also in the quality of responses, because people know that they're already committed to that time. And now they're just using that time to fill out their thoughts in a written format versus an audio format. But they're having the space and the basically container to do that. On the other hand, you're also going to bring them back and have some reflective conversations after they've taken that time to write. And those are really important spaces, too, because Things come up from people, different things spark when they hear something that's said by someone else. And those are a really important part of the feedback as well. So you miss out on that if you were to just send a Google form. The other disclaimer I will give is that I went above and beyond and even failed to do this successfully, even though I thought I did the first time, which is to make everybody's forms completely anonymous. So the idea is not to have the data connected to that person's name. The idea is to have the data. And this is from a safety perspective from people, a psychological safety perspective. People are usually willing to be a little more honest and open when they know that their name isn't attached to something. And that's what you want, especially in a format like this where you're really trying to give people a safe space to voice their feedback. So 
I thought I was doing that via Google Forms by not actually including a form field that said, please give me your name. And then my very, very tech savvy teammate said, you know, actually, these are connected because we're already logged into our email. And technically, you do have everybody's names on the back end if you wanted to find them. So work with your IT person and figure out the best way to do that. It's just important to give people a space where they feel like they can be as liberal as they want to be with their answers. And it gives you the best data you could possibly want. Well, after all this is said and done, I don't think this was the short five-minute episode that I thought it was going to be. Hopefully, this method is something that you can incorporate into your workflows. If you're in an employee experience role, if you're in a head of people ops role and you're thinking about collecting great feedback and different unique ways to do that in sort of this hybrid remote world, I really, really recommend this. I could not be happier with how it's been received and the data that I end up with at the end of the day. If you do do this, I would love to hear how it goes. So shoot me a message, podcast at wanttoworkthere.com. Or as always, you can find me over on Instagram at wanttoworkthere. Well, I am off on vacation and I hope that even if you are not completely unplugging on a vacation this week, that you are taking some time to do something that is just for you. All right, we'll see you soon. This show was brought to you by wanttoworkthere.com and the incredible team at Podcasting for Creatives. No individual or company acting alone can change our societal beliefs about work, but together we can create a new normal. If you like this episode, please consider passing it on to one or two people who share your passion for creating a better world of work. And until next time, please know I see you, I believe in you, and keep going. The work you're doing really matters. Mm -hmm.